When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you think it's any good? Yeah, I mean, it's filtered water. Might be a little flat, but it's good water. Know. 
Alright. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. We are here today with myself and the Noggle. The dragon. The Noggle. No. No, you're the Noggle. Yeah, you are. No. Today you are. I'm running I'm putting no. the Noggle right underneath your picture this week. Yeah. No. Alright, then I'll just spell it backwards. We're not going to do anything. Alright, we won't. I won't even give you a last name. Actually, I'm not even going to put a name under your picture. Or your video this year. This this year. Welcome to Rat Sound Review. <laughs> no, I, I... First of all, like, I, I don't associate with that side of the family. I changed it if I could afford to. But also, I find that very, very disrespectful if you don't have your last name. But you think so? It irritates the living piss out, but not in the military. Cut it the fuck out. It used to, it used to bother me when in uh, in school, because all the people like, if, especially if you went to gym, they would say your last name like that. Yeah, right? uh-huh. that, that would annoy the shit out of me, because that's like a sports thing, you know. And I'm not into yep. sports. Nope, and I hate it. I can't stand it. Me neither. So if you do that, fuck you. <laughs> Even though you just tried to do it to me, so I know that's because it's. A... <laughs> What's that? That's just because it's annoying, and I love to be annoying. Oh yeah, yeah. One of us has to be annoying on this show, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the kids I mean, screaming in the background's doing a pretty fucking good job, to be honest with you. Oh, you can hear that? Yeah, I can hear. It. Oh, I can't hear. That's all right. It, it adds the ambiance. Sounds like I'm in a dungeon. I got trapped kids down here trying to escape. No! <laughs> you will get fed when I feed you. Don't worry about what time. It, you get fed when you get fed. If you get fed at all. You little bastards. Uh, well, guess what? What? Today, it was announced that a bunch of bands are being nominated to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I did see that. Motorhead's on there, I believe. Yeah. Judas Priest, MC5, Motorhead, Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden, T-Rex, Thin Lizzy, uh, Notorious B.I.G., Whitney Houston, Pat Benatar, Dave Matthews Band, Depeche Mode, The Doobie Brothers, Kraftwerk, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, and Todd Rundgren are all nominated to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Interesting. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. Shaka Khan. It is interesting. Well, Judas Priest was nominated last year, I believe, right? I think so, and uh, Deep Purple was as well, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, they got in, didn't they? I don't know. See, I don't really follow the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't either, because it's just a bunch of nonsense. I mean, you got Shaka Khan being nominated to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, and Biggie Smalls, too, <laughs> yeah. you know. IG and Whitney Houston. I mean, that's not considered rock. But, I don't know. Everything always seems to just get lumped under rock for some reason. You know, I don't know. And it's just... Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, 
I like this. I like seeing Thin Lizzy in there. That's really cool. Yeah, Thin Lizzy's cool. Soundgarden's cool too. Soundgarden surprise there. Why is that a surprise? I just didn't think. Um... Well, actually, honestly, I thought they were already in there because I remember Chris Cornell being at a performance a couple of years ago. I wonder who that was for. I don't know. I think he might have just been there as a guest, and he sang with somebody. Um, the Pearl Jam going to the? Oh, it was with Hart because he was talking about how oh. much of an influence uh, Ann Wilson was on him vocally. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> but that—that's right. I thought Soundgarden had gotten in then as well, but they didn't. Hmm. But they—they really... they might not have been eligible yet at that point in time. What do you but, have to uh, be? to be eligible like what's the criteria some number of years or something arbitrary like that i'm sure it's weird very weird i don't understand the rock and roll hall of fame but it's cool to see that jewish priest is getting nominated again and uh motorhead's getting nominated again and this was another story but i figured since it was attached to the rock and roll hall of fame thing i'll just attach it to this story is um mickey d and um, what the hell is the guitar player? Uh, Phil Campbell are yeah. not. They are not um, added to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination with Motorhead. That you know, that's something the Hall of Fame is pretty famous for at this point. Is just doing like uh, the original lineups of bands sometimes. So I'm not really surprised. But every single person in the original lineup, well, not the original original lineup, but the most famous Motorhead is dead. Yeah, and but they've Phil, done that with deceased artists before. I know. But Phil Campbell's been in the band since 1984. He's been on six I'm not albums. saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not surprising it's because these people are fuckheads that do this stuff all the time. Do you think they should be added? I mean... Phil Campbell's been in there for, what, 16 years, it says. I guess I would have to consider this place a respectable institution to have an opinion. But uh, since I don't, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> well, you will be happy about but, this. Uh, since they're the only two living members, I mean, it would make sense so they could induct them. But... Um, you're, you're, uh, I mean, I, I kind of think when they bring them in, it should kind of include, you know, people that were all official members of the band. Yeah, I see that too. I or mean, if you least, get... Or at least appeared on a recording or something like that. Right. You know, as a member. Yeah, but, I, um, I understand. Like, if you have Guar <laughs> somehow get into right. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they've had millions of members come in and out of that band, so you can't oh, have yeah. them all go. But uh, but also what I'm kind of getting at is I don't know what their criteria is or why they do the things they do like that. So they they, they could have a reason. I right. don't know. But uh, they should they should just include them. Yeah. yeah, they should. Especially Phil. I mean, even Mickey D. I mean, he's been there forever. Uh, but yeah, only Lemmy, uh, Filthy Taylor, and Fast Eddie Clark are nominated. So. That's good for you. You love Fast Eddie Clark. 
Oh, yeah. No, they definitely picked the best lineup of the band, as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, Eddie deserves to be in there. So that would be for Motorhead, because I, I got a feeling Fastway is never going to be a contender for uh, the <laughs> I, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, unfortunately. I don't think so. So out of this list, who do you think they would pick? You think Judas oh, Priest finally go Judas with this? Judas Priest kid? probably. Because I, Judas... I got a feeling it's uh, them and most likely Soundgarden. Um, Judas Priest got beat up by uh, Bon Jovi last year. Yeah, I mean Nine Inch Nails seems like it'd be a pretty strong contender too. But here's the thing: they're going to want to pick at least one really classic band. I'm thinking so. I, I, I see Judas Priest definitely making it first because they've already been up for a nomination and haven't gotten it. That seems to be the way it works with the Hall of Fame. It'd be funny if they don't. You know, it would wait, be strange. Let's wait for the third nomination. How many? I wonder how many nominations you can get until they just don't want to nominate you no more. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a board or. I don't know. You know, don't know how it works. They have to call everything to committee and yeah. review album reviews or what they do. I don't know. Maybe I should ask us. I'll pick it. We'll have no problem doing that, right? Yeah, this is, I don't this think easy. so. I mean, this is easy. For me, I, I would love to have Thin Lizzy in there. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I'll never yeah, go I don't have the fun. Anyway. I, I didn't <laughs> click the link because you were talking about it. But, uh, yeah, Thin Lizzy, I would definitely pick. Thin Lizzy. Uh, Soundgarden, I'd like to see. And I'm not going to pick either Judas Priest or Motorhead. But because they're not going to have three metal bands in there, so and honestly, I thought Whitney Houston was already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I thought she was too. I thought they did that after she died, but maybe it was just a tribute to. Well, her. maybe they maybe they have the the Whitney Houston that was alive, and then they have the dead Whitney Houston. Yeah, that <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, sure, <laughs> this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so it's perfect. It makes total sense now. You know she had the longest funeral ever for, like, a celebrity? No, I didn't. <laughs> it's not fact. It just fit, felt like it. it. It's funny. It's still an ongoing joke at my job. Why? I mean, what? Was it on TV or something? And was, if it was, why would you bother to watch the whole thing? No, I didn't bother to watch it, but it was on TV. It was on TV for, like, a whole day. And, and it, even after that, they were still talking about it. And it was on the radio at work, and it was just... That's all they kept talking about is Whitney Houston died. Whitney Houston is Whitney Houston that Whitney Houston's funeral. So every time a Whitney Houston song comes on at work, does anybody know Whitney Houston died? Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, I think Whitney Houston will be put in the rock and roll hall of fame this year. So let's yeah. see who wins. We'll see. But uh, yeah, you're probably right about that one. I think so. Um, James Hetfield, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago. You weren't here. Uh, he went to uh, rehab. Rehab, yeah. Yeah, I was. I remember talking about that. No, you weren't here. Well, we might have talked about it a little bit, but um, when we actually talked about it, you weren't here. All right. All right. That's when your computer went all haywire. Hmm. Uh, Lars Ulrich says he's doing what he needs to. He's in the process of healing himself. He feels bad for everybody down in Australia because they had to cancel the whole tour. 
But uh, they're going to get uh, back in full force and come back stronger and healthier than ever. Along the way, there's obviously an occasional bump in the road, but it's been an incredible ride, and we're looking forward to getting back down there hopefully next year. That is, if Australia exists. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it's basically the same thing, you know, they had kind of said before. I think it's, uh, you know, kind of unfortunate with the press, yeah. the way they get involved with shit like this, because he really should just be left alone to be able to go through it on his own. I mean, you know, he just went in a couple weeks ago. Right. You know, and what they said was something similar. And, uh, yeah, that's... there a typhoon headed for Australia or something? No, flat earth people say there's no such thing as Australia. We talked about this on the Andrew Bello show, on the NXT uh, show on Ahami Media Group last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, but I don't remember stuff like that because, you know, they're <laughs> fucking morons. It's useless information. It is. But I, I, I'm kind of believing that it's true because um, I used to know this guy called uh, Brent Logan from the band Lethal Vendetta, and I don't know him anymore. I think he disappeared or maybe you just have early onset dementia you know no i don't think he ever existed what <laughs> did he not finish your song he <laughs> i don't know who he is uh-huh. <laughs> whatever you do don't go out and buy his album at lethalvendetta.com i like it <laughs> <laughs> No, of course. I still like Brent. Yeah. Brent's a good guy. No, I know. But, um, yeah, so it sucks for James. Australia Hedges. definitely exists, though. Just yeah, so it does. Knows. It does. It, it exists. And 9-11 was not a government conspiracy, you stupid bastards. All right. But, well, uh, James is doing good, and that's the important part here. Before Wayne tries to fill everybody's ears with crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to have... Um, Billy Ray Valentine back on the show. <laughs> you forget him too? Oh wait, you weren't. Well, yeah, you were here for that. Yeah. Oh no, you lost that show too, didn't you? Or were you here? Were you here for the whole show of that one? I don't remember now. No, I you... don't remember who. I don't remember who the different people are at this point. I'll be it's honest with you. We do so much different shit. Uh... That's true. That is true. We we do a lot here at Rat Sound Review. And if you haven't seen anything that we've done, please go to our website that I just fixed, and now you can search all sorts of things and find us on the interwebs of your choice, ratsalreview.com. But uh, the the pictures are much easier to remember than somebody's name. Oh, well, I don't have any pictures of Billy Ray Valentine right now. So I can't help you with that. No, I'm not that concerned about it, I was just saying... Well, here's somebody you might not need a picture for. Jeff Tate. Do you know what he looks like and who he is? Do you remember him? Yeah, he kind of looks like a Native American Mr. Clean. Uh, and and when he had the little... Queen Shrike. He had that little uh, piece of hair on top of his head. He looked like uh, Bert from the uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard that one before, but yeah, I guess so. so it was a meme on, online. <laughs> Somebody actually did a picture of his face with his little thing of hair on Bert's body. Yeah, no, um, it's funny. I don't really spend, like, a lot of time clicking around looking at stupid shit. I pretty much uh, stick with what I'm looking <laughs> for, and that's it. So, 
Most of these memes and all that, I never see any of this crap. They don't meme anything to you? <laughs> no. Oh, God. Well. Not, not, not as much as reaction videos mean to you. Coming soon to Red Sound. Oh, God. That, that's just Wayne's favorite thing ever. That is I not. I I didn't want to do it, and he just about cried. No, that's not true at all. And you can't oh, give you, it. Well, you watch him all the time. No. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. We, we already talked about that. You're wrong. No. Well, Jeff Tate used to be in Queensryche, and he is turning. Wait. He is turning 61. 61 years old. And he, wait, where the hell is the story? He wants. And that's the only thing he's done newsworthy in about eight years. Yeah. So it says <laughs> he offers fans a chance to join him on Pacific Northwest tour and oh. celebrate his 61st birthday. If you want to attend the private rehearsals for Empire and Rage for Order, because he's doing that on tour. Uh, in the Seattle area, ride around with me on ferry boats and celebrate my 61st birthday, then this tour will be for you. All you have to do is backstage past travel at gmail.com for details and to get on the list for a spot. Hmm. That'd be kind of pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I'm still a little upset with him about the whole Queensryche uh, scenario. You know? Yeah. But I, I would uh, I would do that if the price was reasonable. Yeah. He's actually coming here to do this tour. And uh, I'm considering going. But it's all it's only it's standing only show and I, I hate standing only. I'm so old now. I don't want to do standing. I gotta sit. How can you see anything if you sit? Because the seating goes like up, like a, I don't know how you describe it, you know, there's like a seat lower, and then it goes up and up and up. What do you call that? Oh. Yeah. Well, so. it's stadium seating, but yeah. still, you know, if everybody's standing up, it doesn't really matter. No, well, usually the seats are up above, like the, there's a floor with the, you know, general mission floor, and then up above that will be the seating. Yeah, but then there's, like, people sitting in front of you going down, and if those people that have those seats are standing up, you can't see over top of them, can you? Then you throw your popcorn at them, and you say, sit the fuck down, asshole. Who the fuck do you go see? The Philharmonic or Orchestra? Like, who the fuck is sitting down at metal shows? Uh, I don't know. Anytime I go to a show that has seating, I don't see a lot of people standing up. You must go see some really lame bands, like fucking Dream Theater and shit. <laughs> Dream Theater, stop it I did see them once and I did sit the whole time <laughs> And that was an outside show And I was up front I didn't want to be in anybody's way Nerd <laughs> Hey, have you heard that the uh, Black Crows are trying to get back together The rumors are heating up I uh, I did hear something about that uh, quite recently, as a matter of fact, and uh, I couldn't care less. Why? You didn't like uh, all their hits? She talks to angels and uh, that cover song of uh, Hard to Handle Now, and what the hell's the other song I told you about before? Um, Remedy, and I can't remember anything else because that's all I remember. No. Although I do have... Regurgitated path for the masses. 
and a little bit more emotional is because it was from the depressing 90s, and that's about it. They changed their style, though, after those first couple albums. You still change your style when you want. You can't write a good song. You can't write a fucking good song. They wrote good songs. I can't believe you don't like them. Just because stuff sells a lot doesn't make it good. We've been through this before. (laughs) I don't know why I have you on the show. As a matter of fact, today is your last day. You are now fired. Later. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't give that up. You'd miss me too much. I'm the only friend you have left. Well, the Simpsons are on right now. But, you know, <laughs> TV doesn't piss me off. So, oh, that I'm doing my job. Uh, any stories you have to tell us this week? Anything at all? Nothing's no. been going on. Nothing new. No, nothing. Just average shit, you know. Get up, go to work. That's it. I haven't gotten any new records or anything. Kind of a kind of an off week. Ooh, speaking um, of that, I did. About the, I, uh, oh, I did find out there are still seats available for the King Diamond show. However, I'm still going to go see Gate Creeper instead. Wow, I would go see King Diamond instead. I've seen Merciful Fate before, and, um, you know, he, he's not going to top that performance, but uh, just, I've uh, I got an idea of the set list they're going to do for this, and it's not really... Uh, yeah, it's... It something is. I'd be upset about missing, you know, it, it's King, he's got his wife doing the vocals for him partially now. I can either go see him do that and be a little bit entertained by a stage show, or I can go see an up-and-coming death metal band that is on top of, like, all the charts with that album right now. And What yeah. charts? Do uh, hang on, I gotta Billboard? plug this in before the battery dies. Billboard charts? I don't see any death metal band being on any Billboard chart. While he's not here, I can make fun of Go his. Go to the Facebook chart. page and look yeah. it up, and it gives the statistics for the crap. I don't specifically know exactly what charts they are and stuff, but it says the charts. Oh, so the band's doing it themselves? They could be lying. The band's oh. not doing it themselves. It's the record label that mentions it on there. They just tagged them in the page because, you know, advertising, bud. But, uh, I don't know. I, I would think they're lying. No death metal bands on any chart. <laughs> hey, it's This possible. isn't the Nielsen Sound Scan era anymore, Grandpa. Next week, you're going to tell me what they used to. Next next week you're gonna tell me Great Gatekeeper is uh, nominated to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Charts aren't the same as they used to be. You know, it's not right. the Nielsen Sound Scan era anymore. There's uh, things are sold way differently, especially with digital signals, and there's different charts. You still think the Grammys matter? You know, get with the times. They don't. They never did. What That's about the, not the Grammys? Did they, did they claim Grammys matter? Those are the Emmys, you ass. The daytime <laughs> Grammy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I guess that's... Uh, but, but one of them did say Billboard, but, you know, it's not like Billboard Top 40. They have their own specific names. But either way, you know, being... I, I'd rather go see a fresh band that's on their way up that I've never gotten to see before that doesn't tour very much as opposed to going to King Diamond. Yeah, yeah, I can see a point. 
I kind of feel the same way, especially if I've seen him already. You know, I did see King Diamond once before. BB Kings. Cool show. I wouldn't really feel like seeing him again. There's no reason to. Kind of like Iron Maiden. I've seen them about probably eight times, and I'm done with that now. Yeah, I've seen them over ten, but uh, I, I, I still go to see Maiden if I can. Well, the thing that is with them, they have a different stage show just about every time they go out on tour, so that's the one one difference with them. So You do get something And new. it's always awesome. They're always top yeah. match. You know. Pretty much. One show, I'm glad I missed it because they did a two night stay at, um, what the hell? I think it was MSG. There's no, maybe it was Hammerstein Ballroom. I can't remember. And the night I went, it was fine. Everything was good. The second night, somebody spilled beer on the, um, the uh, mixing board or whatever, soundboard. Ooh. And yeah, they had to end the concert early. A lot of people sucks. weren't happy. Yeah, nobody was happy for that. But I think they only had like one more song left, so it didn't really matter. Still, though. Still, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so that's it for the news. Um, now, I did an interview with Michael Jargo. Who the hell's Michael Jargo? Well, Michael Jargo is on the Hami Media Group. He does a couple... Uh, couple different shows. He also has his own network, the Hitting the Marks uh, podcast network, which he does talk about. And um, he usually does wrestling shows and stuff like that, but actually he used to be in the band for a while. And uh, a bunch of different bands. So we talked about um, we talked about Halloween because he... he I, what the hell happened where we got to talk about Halloween? I don't remember. Something I, I wrote on Twitter. And he made a comment... Oh, he made a comment with a picture of Chris Jericho. He took a picture with Chris Jericho a while back. And uh, he told me a little story about him, uh, Chris Jericho picking his name, Jericho, because of Walls of Jericho, the Halloween album. So he thought he was schooling me, but he wasn't, because I'm the ultimate Halloween fan. <laughs> Although I'm not. There's, there's more Halloween, uh, bigger Halloween fans than I am. <clears throat> Even though it's my favorite band. But... Um, yeah, so we did some Halloween talk and it just random stuff because we would go off, like even like how we do on this show, we'll talk about one subject and go on to another. So we kind of did that. But uh, yeah, give it a look-see. Michael Jago, really cool guy. We hope to have him back on here to do an Alvarez album, which uh, should be soon. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Start well, I got, I, I got one more thing to say here. Well, I, I mean, de- definitely check out the video, but... Looking at it right now, official from Relapse Lec Records, Gate Creeper, Deserted, Billboard Chart Numbers, Heat Seekers Albums, Number One, Current Hard Music Albums, Number Two, Independent Label Current Albums, Number Nine, Current Rock Albums, Number Twelve, Top Current Albums, Number Twenty Six, and Billboard's Top Albums, Number Twenty Seven. Wow. Well, congratulations. Great. Uh, um, uh, great keep sleeper g- gatekeeper gate creeper gate creeper Jesus yes <laughs> <laughs> and on that note yeah. go check out Michael Jargo and me talking about Halloween and other musical stuff yes see ya uh, alright well let me start the show well show's already started I'm gonna add all this shit in anyway Oh, I see how it is. I see how it is.
<laughs> just go ahead and scheme me into saying all kinds of crazy wild yeah. shit. Yep. Now everybody's going to know your whole life story. Yeah. Well, at least my daughter's whole life story. <laughs> Born in a bathtub and likes watching Disney Pixar movies. All right. Check. We know the shit out of her. And that is the kind of shit that you hear on Rat Salad Review. We are here today with Michael Jargo. Right? I did say your name right. Yes, you did. <laughs> nope. I'm like, wait a minute. Who the hell am I talking to? I know your last name. You know what's funny about that is uh, my podcast partner, Rick Vickery. Right. When we started the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling podcast, I called it the 10-episode rib. Right. He called me Yargo for the first 10 episodes of our own freaking show. <laughs> and I didn't correct him until episode 10. It was the 10-episode rib. True story. Well, that's all right. We had uh, um, uh, Billy Ray on the other day, and he kept calling me uh, Wayne Moon. And I had no idea. I didn't realize. I couldn't. You can't tell over the you know microphone between an N and an M. Right. So... I just I just went along with it, and then at the end he goes, "Oh, I've been calling you Moon the whole time." I was like, "Oh, I didn't know." <laughs> Billy Barry Valentine is half crazy. He is, he is, but he's a very cool guy, very uh, very talkative, <laughs> 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 and uh, but very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable about music. You know, I, I listened to his um, uh, his show, uh, Infinite Fringe, and he knows a lot about that stuff. But uh, you wouldn't know, think he knew a lot about music, but he's uh, very involved. I think he just fakes it really, really well. It's possible. Uh, I, I did sense, uh, sense a little bullshit. <laughs> you, you should have him come on and uh, uh, give his conspiracy theory about the Beatles. It's great stuff. Okay. About the uh, 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 the Paul McCartney swap out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, actually, yeah. I, I, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Vince Russo. Oh, he yes. started talking about that. Yeah, he did a whole thing about that. He had a guest on his uh, show about that whole thing. And actually, he, I used to be into the Beatles when I was younger, and then I, I grown out of them, and then my brother started listening to them, and he just constantly listened to it, so I was like, I'm sick of the Beatles, I don't want to hear this shit no more. And, and my wife was... is a huge Beatles fan, yeah. and I am not, yeah. uh, and, and so every time I hear a monkey song, yeah. I look at her and I go, this is my favorite Beatles tune. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's how I was for a while. But then when Vince Russo started talking about the uh, Paul McCartney thing, I really never heard about that. And then I got interested in that. And then I wanted to learn a little bit more. And then I started getting back into the Beatles again. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? It is. It is crazy. Even bands that like when you grew up absolutely freaking despising, and yeah. then you get older, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that's actually really good. Yeah. Like, not too long ago, I got into Genesis and fucking uh, David Bowie. Like, I didn't like that shit when I was younger. Oh, I love me some Bowie. Yeah. Now I do, yeah. Especially the early stuff. But back then, no. I mean, maybe, uh, what the hell's that song? Um, uh, God damn, I can't remember the name of it. It's the, the, the big song that he had, uh, uh, Ground Control to Major Tom. What the fuck's the name of that song? Yes, we'll go with that. Because yeah. now, now you're putting me on the spot, and I can't fucking talk today. <laughs> Although I've only been awake for about an hour, so that's my defense. Oh, okay. Is it Spaceman? Might be Spaceman. I could be getting out Space of Cowboy? Something like that. Who knows? Who cares? This ain't about fucking David Bowie. Yeah, this talk about a complete change of direction, right? <laughs> well, that's what Rat Salad's all about. We just fucking shoot shit off the top of our head, you know? Whatever comes to my mind, that's what this fucking show was about. No, we actually have a, a, a somewhat of a plan. I'm so, glad you do, man, because I'm just here flying by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Hell, wait. Yeah. All right. 
Yes, Halloween. Now, the reason why I had you on, uh, from the Hamming Media Group, right? You also uh, have uh, Hitting the Marks uh, group too, right? Yeah, I do roughly four or five shows a week at this point. I do the Monday Locker Room with uh, Hameen Media, which you can find at hackerhameen.podbean.com. And uh, I also run my own podcast network, the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, which you can find online, hittingthemarks.com, and you can hear even more of my annoying voice in your ear holes. Hey, at least you have a nice microphone, though. You sound good. Yeah, there is that. There is that. It's all the compressor. It's all the Sam- compressor. If I turn yeah. the compressor off, I, I sound like Jim Cornette. <laughs> can you, you order a cheeseburger double cheese double mayo motherfucker <laughs> at least you sound better than the other two guys i usually work with their audio is terrible see i i always feel that way like with bellow yeah i know you had bellow on the show oh my recently. god it, it, Dude, yeah. does that guy not have the greatest freaking radio voice in history yeah and i, I looked up the mic because i asked him what mic is he using it's like a 30 dollar mic yeah go figure right <laughs> I mean, this thing I got is fifteen dollars cheap ass thing, but it works. It's good enough for me. I'm I'm not using a oh, microphone. Yes. What was yes, that? Your Skype just totally like froze up on you. Oh, I'm using a, a MXL nine ninety, which is like a hundred dollar microphone to begin with. But I, I got this super cool version that has blue lights installed in it because I was like, uh-huh. ooh, it glows. I want that. <laughs> and then you cover it with that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, this is just, um, this is actually all Oralex sound foam. So it's right, just yeah, like, yeah. it captures all the sound and only the sound I'm putting into it because with three daughters, you can imagine the noise that's going on in the other room right now. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. That's why I do my show from the basement. Nobody hears anything except that somebody opens the door over here, then they hear a squeak. <laughs> Which I had to squeak when I was on uh, last week. Uh, I did the interview with Marcus Groskoff from Halloween. Uh, somebody kept going in, and out, going in and out of the door. So every time they opened it, it was squeak, squeak, squeak. So that's kind of embarrassing. Well, uh, how did that interview go? Because he's one of the original members of Halloween. Yeah, he's basically like, uh, I guess, the start of Halloween because um, him and Kai Hansen uh, started the band, I guess, back in high school or whatever. Um, and the interview went very, very well. You know, I was a little nervous because, you know, that's my favorite band. And I have so many things that I could ask. But then there's so many things that people already know. So it's kind of hard to figure out what to ask that hasn't been asked before. And ironically but, uh, enough, that's actually how I got into Halloween. I was telling you this story. Um, yeah. Myself and my six now 16-year-old, uh, she is a huge Chris Jericho mark. Yeah. So we went up and we had we we got did the VIP meet and greet went and saw Fozzie and one of the questions that she asked of Chris Jericho was where did Jericho come from mm. and his response was oh there's this band called Halloween and and there, this album Walls of Jericho so now thankfully you know it used to be when we were younger you would actually have to go to the record store and you would hope that they had the record and if they didn't yeah. then you'd have to import it and all this crazy stuff now yeah. with iTunes I can just jump on my iPhone and I'm like oh guess what we're listening to on the way home from Dubuque <laughs> and, and, that, and that was how I discovered Halloween was all because of AEW World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho and a little bit of the bubbly Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I used to, it was funny because I, we have a picture together and I used to tell everybody, yeah, that's me and my best friend, Chris Jericho. <laughs> I was he as a cool guy. Um, he was drunker than shit. Really? And it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. He, he certainly does enjoy a little bit of the bubbly. 
or 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 a little bit of uh just like straight vodka. Yeah. Wow. I never I never met him. I met uh, Mick Foley. And actually I think that's the only wrestler I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> he lives I, not not too far where I live, so I, Mick I've does? seen him from yeah, I've seen him from time to time, yeah. His daughter is is probably the sweetest person that I've ever met in in the history of the pro wrestling business. Noelle Foley is just a freaking treasure. Really? Yeah, she seems to be. You know, I'm surprised that they haven't hired her to do something on uh, WWE. Yeah, that yeah. that is surprising. But as much as she hangs out at AEW shows, that that could have oh, something really? to do with it. She only oh, does okay. two things in life. It seems like she she goes to Disneyland and yeah. she goes to AEW shows. Wow. Well, I guess we'll be seeing her in October. Yeah, next week. <laughs> My life's about to get insane. Yeah, did you uh you guys straighten all that out yet or no? Uh no, we're actually doing that in just a couple of hours. So, oh. you know, by the time you actually hear this podcast, I may have been fired from Hami Media. It's entirely <laughs> possible. So forget everything that you talked about in the beginning of this episode. Yes, exactly. Just find me at com. Yeah, yeah, at least you'll be there. Yeah, yeah, that's we're, we're kind of like Impact Wrestling. When you own your own platform, you can just yeah. you know do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah actually, um, a friend I don't know if you know Harry Barnett. He used to work with Kenny Bolin, the podcast. Oh, yeah. with him. Uh, I kind of became friends with him. He, he was on our show a while ago, and uh, he wants me to review AE and AEW with him. So, oh, that could be fun. It, yeah, it'll be the first wrestling show I reviewed, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't want to be in competition have... with you though. So. Well, no, no, there's, I mean, there's only like, you know, 15 billion pro wrestling podcasts out there right now. Yeah, I know. So somebody will hear it at some point. We hope. Yeah. And if not, screw them. Yeah, exactly. So when you put on that Halloween after you left Chris Jericho, what did you think? Were you blown away? Um, I don't know if blown away was, was necessarily my context. All right, interview's over. Bye. See you later. (laughs) No, I I feel like Halloween is kind of, number one, one of the things that makes them so freaking cool is the fact that they haven't changed. If you go back and you listen to, like, the original stuff and you listen to the new stuff, you can tell as soon as you put it on, it's freaking Halloween, right? Yeah, they had that signature sound that they do, yeah. Now, but the vocals are absolutely an acquired taste. Yeah. Well, it depends on which album you go to, yes. Well, w- when you first put on Walls of Jericho and yes. you turn the, the volume knob all the way to the right, <laughs> it definitely takes you aback at first. Yes, it does. It does. But that is probably, I would not I would not have said to start with that album. That would, that would be my maybe third album to choose to listen to first. What, what would be your first two? Uh, usually everybody starts with Keepers uh, 2, and then you can go backwards, Keepers 1, and then go to Walls of Jericho. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer 2 or 1? Um, God, I, I like I like them both. I like them both evenly. I like the, you know what it is? I like the production on 1, and on 2, I like, there's, there's a couple more songs I like. I like March of Time. Like, if I, I wish March of Time was on Part 1, you know? I can see that. Okay. And Part 1's a little bit too short for some reason. They shortened that album a little bit. But I like both. I guess maybe Keepers too. It's got um, uh, Keeper of the Seven Keys on there. That's like uh, one of my favorite Halloween songs. So, well, like my understanding was when that was originally recorded, it was all supposed to be one album. Like yeah. they wanted to release a double album, and mm-hmm. the label told them no. Yeah, yeah. 
That's exactly what happened. And then the, a, couple, a whole bunch of years later, they did a Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 3. And they made that. It's not really a, a, um, a double album worth of music, but they when they sold the album, they made it two CDs. So it feels like a, a double album, which is kind of dumb to me. Were, are you a fan of the double album? Because this is one of those things that it, it has kind of just drove me nuts throughout the course of history. Like when, when you see Keeper of the Seven Keys, whether it's Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2, which was right. basically a double album. It's right. like, why didn't you just take all the really good material and just put out one kick-ass record? Right. Yes, they. that's that's one thing I think, too. I, especially like you, you said with uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, the Use Your Illusions. Um, a couple of songs that could have been thrown off of that thing, you know? Oh, and it yeah, could have just absolutely. been blended into one album. But you know what? Some of those terrible songs aren't so bad. So I kind of get it. Um, I don't know. I don't mind the double albums. I, I, if it's a special thing that they're doing, then that's great. But if it's like Dream Theater where they have like five or six double albums, then it's like, okay, come on already. I've heard this a thousand times. It just seems self-indulgent at a certain point. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it really depends on the band. Yeah, I can, I can, I can support that. I'm, I've never been a fan of the double album. It's like just, just give me one really good album, and it's kind of the same complaint I have with Monday Night Raw, where it's just yeah. like I, my attention span's just not that long. Yeah, yeah. And back in the day, like when I was in school, like I, I, you know, we all were in school, and, and we would always listen to music, and you know, our time was different back then. Now we got kids and, and family, we don't have the attention spans that we used to have, so it's hard to listen to longer albums. You know. Yeah. Completely. That's why I like when, like, like when we do the show and we do um, album versus albums. A lot of times, it's older albums from like the '80s, and and they only have like maybe nine, maybe ten songs on them, and and the albums are only like forty five, fifty minutes, and those are like the best albums, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's also a lot of those punk records that are oh, like, yeah, you know, there's where minutes. there's <laughs> there, there's fifteen songs on the record that's thirty five minutes long, you know. Yeah, those I don't mind. <laughs> We find that just hilarious. Like, I've, I've been listening to a lot of Wednesday 13 lately for, for no apparent reason other than it's almost October. And it's just like to listen to like some of those EPs are like 20 minutes long. There's five songs. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I haven't listened to them, but I was listening to the Ramones a couple days ago. I love the Ramones. So and uh, and for some strange reason, I all of a sudden got into uh, My Chemical Romance again. I, I don't know why. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Okay. The Black Parade's a very good album. I love that song. The song is awesome. I used to hate it when it first came out, but then I, when I, I uh, downloaded Amazon um, Music app, and I was just listen, listen, looking for shit to listen to, and I said, oh, let me just see what uh, that sounds like again, just to you know, see if I like it again, you know? And I did. And then I downloaded the whole album, and I liked the whole thing. Did you immediately go to Hot Topic? Almost. I turned I... around and went home. I said, what am I doing? By a bunch of eyeliners, <laughs> your connection went bad there, so I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say anything important. I, I heard something about <laughs> eyeliners. I didn't get any eyeliner. Didn't get anything about eyeliner. No. So did you? Did when you put uh, Walls of Jericho on? Did your kid like it at all? Yeah, she's got very interesting musical tastes, and she has been involved with music basically since she could walk. Um, I, I remember uh, the first concert that she went to, she was like three, and that was one of my metal shows. It's just 
this, this terrible, terrible thing. It was called Marengo Metal Fest, and it was literally like, let's get like 30 bottles of Jägermeister and a couple of kegs and put like 15 local bands on this freaking like hay barrel stage. Right. right? And so we're doing like this. Uh, um, did you get into like the Tampa Bay music scene at all? Like circa 2000? It was like very electronic. A lot of stuff like Dead Star Assembly and Crossbreed. We we were kind of in. We were we were doing like a, this, almost like ministry on freaking crack kind of mm-hmm. thing, and uh, so we took her to one of those shows because it was an outdoor show, so the sound wasn't quite as bad. And she's out there like disco dancing to, to all these freaking metal bands because she was three, <laughs> and it was the most adorable thing ever. Sydney Irene's first concert. Wow. That's cool. You get to get into it that early. I'm trying to get my son into it, and it's it's hard. I had uh, baby metal on the other day, and he was actually digging that a little bit. <laughs> my 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 almost six year old freaking loves baby metal. Really, guy on our show, he his um is well his kind of wife, his girlfriend. Uh, she had just started a lighting company, and she just did the lighting for the uh, baby metal show this past weekend. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Have you heard any of their new stuff? They've got a new album just about ready to drop here in like a month. I haven't heard a thing. Uh, I'm not a big fan. There's a song called Papa Papa Ya, which is freaking fantastic. Really? (laughs) If you like baby metal, you know. But Uh they're kind of like Halloween in that respect. Like as soon as you hear it, you're like, I know who that is. Yeah, exactly. You know, they have catchy choruses, you know. Even though you don't know what the hell they're saying, they're catchy. I, I much prefer everything they do in Japanese to when she attempts to sing in English because right. that's just awful to me. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard a, um, one of the English songs the other day, and I'm just like, uh, it doesn't work. You know? Yeah. Yep. Some band now they're down to two. They're down to two members uh, of Baby Metal, and, and they've got like a rotating cast for like the third member. Oh, really? Okay. That's interesting. Don't know. See, I'm not big up on the, uh, the the baby metal. Maybe. I played it today at work, and, and they were like, what the fuck is this shit? Turn it off. <laughs> that was literally my first impression. I remember, The first time I saw baby metal was uh, they were on Letterman, like, many, many years ago. And I'm sitting there, and they were playing Gimme Chocolate, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, I, that, that was really my first impression of baby What the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, who the hell thought that would be so popular, you know? It's so yeah, weird. It's crazy. But yeah, and, and, and it's not just baby metal. Basically, anything Japanese that you want to talk about, I'm your guy. I'm thoroughly oh, entrenched really? in the Japanese culture. Really? Well, I have yeah, no idea about anything Japanese. So. They're so much better than Americans. So Except, for, yeah. Except the J-pop. That's, I don't know. Yeah, but baby metal, that's where they came from, was was the Japanese pop scene. It was yeah. just a different producer bought their rights and put together baby metal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very much like a slave trade over there. <laughs> you get it, you hear, hear any of the um, uh, Japanese like power metal type stuff? It's, it's um, kind of like Halloween. Uh, basically Hiroshi Tanahashi, you know, uh, Hiroshi that? Tanahashi is um, he's the ace of New Japan pro wrestling and okay, he, yes. he, he also really wants to be in Van Halen 
Um, like he dresses, you know, you know, the iconic Eddie Van Halen, like striped guitar. That's like what his gear all looks like to me is it looks like Eddie Van Halen's guitar and he comes out, he still plays air guitar and he does like the Japanese power metal thing. And now he actually does have a band over in Japan. I forget the freaking name of it, but yeah, that's, that, that's pretty much my exposure to the Japanese power metal scene. But I know it's huge because entertainers of any variety over there is almost godlike it's yeah they are so over the top there's this one band called uh versailles i think it's called and they dress up like uh characters from uh castlevania it's like ridiculous i think the singer died so i don't think they're around anymore but just like and i was searching other bands too and they all kind of have that that majestic like going to a, a ball you know, uh, costumes on it. It's, it's cool to see it. It's kind of weird because we don't do that here. You know, they, they do that here, and people are gonna laugh at them and think they're you know transgenders or whatever. You know, right? But or stuck it, in the eighties, exactly. But I think it's cool. I like that kind of stuff. That's why I'm into the power metal because it's just it has like so many melodies and and it's it's not like. Um, you know, like American metal is just so everybody's the same. You know, it's just there's a formula to every single band, and every you can't tell one band from the other. And some power metal bands you can't tell one from the other either. But at least they have some kind of uh, metal melodies in their songs. You know, catchiness and, and guitar playing. You know, our, our bands in the U.S. don't do guitar solos half the time anymore. You know, nobody does any of that stuff. Well, I think you can thank grunge for that. Um, yeah, but what? what when grunge, grunge really so hit, yeah. yeah, but it, it still influenced that entire generation, right? And as that generation started picking up their own instruments, I mean, Kurt Cobain was a lot of things. A great guitar player was not one of them. No, not at all. You know? Actually, a guy from work, he was looking through a magazine, and it was like the, the top 100 guitarists, and Kurt Cobain was in it. I was like, that's how is that even possible? I was that's, like, just stop. Absurd. Stop reading that list because it's, it's stupid. There were three <laughs> guitar players in that band that were better at playing guitar than Kurt Cobain. Yeah, exactly. The whole so. reason Pat Smear was brought into Nirvana was because for the Unplugged session, Kurt couldn't he didn't trust himself to remember all the chords and the lyrics at the same time because he couldn't hide behind feedback. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the hell we got to Nirvana from Halloween. Hey man, you know, it's, it's one of those things. The musical rabbit hole is, um, I, I do you have music ADD? Like I totally have music ADD to wait. I'll get in the car and be like, Oh, I want to listen to this. And I'll listen to like 30 seconds of it and be like, Nope, I want to listen to this. Yes, I do. And I drive my wife nuts. <laughs> Constantly skip, 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 skip. Yep. I even do that at work too. I drive everybody nuts. Well, I, I think we started down this rabbit hole because you were asking how I got into Halloween. How did you first discover these guys? How long have you been listening to them? God, since 91. Okay. A, friend of, yeah, a friend of mine in uh, middle school, I think it was middle school, he gave, he used to go through his brother's tapes. And he would uh, bring me random stuff. And then one day he's – because I was a huge Metallica fan at the time. And he's like, stop listening, Metallica. Listen to this because Metallica's boring. So he gave me Keepers 2. I listened to it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is my favorite band now. And I've been hooked ever since. And then, he, like I said, told you before, I started. He, then he gave me Keepers One. Then he started me. Then he gave me um, uh, Walls of Jericho. And then about time I got cu- caught up in all that, Halloween had a new album out, uh, Pink Bubbles Go Ape. And then I found that on CD. I didn't even have a CD player, and I bought it anyway. 
And it was. What did you think of Pink Bubbles? Because that's it's it was a very weird kind of time period for the band themselves when that was released. Yeah, it was, but I was so entranced with this band. I didn't care what the hell that album sounded like. I just I had to hear it, (laughs) and and I loved it. You know, it was it was something new. You know, because everything I heard before that was already old and it's already been played. You know, so then when that came out, I'm like, holy shit, there's something new, and I, I gotta hear it, and I loved it. And I still do, and and I hate when people say it's a crap album that and uh, Chameleon, but I think they're they're awesome albums. Chameleon was just—it's too you, poppy. Have it's you too went, poppy? It was like it, they were trying to go more mainstream right. rather than sticking to the original ideas. You right. know what I mean? I think what happened was uh, Michael Kiske. Uh, this reason why he left Halloween because he was done with metal basically and he wanted the band to change in a different direction and that's what happened with Chameleon you know well and I, I think to relate this to people that aren't necessarily haven't been listening to the band for years this is kind of the Metallica thing right where yeah, it's like yeah. do, do, do you think like do you blame them for trying to go more commercial do you blame them for trying to go more mainstream it's like you Fuck you for trying to make as much money as you possibly can. <laughs> exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. where do you stand on the whole you sold out argument? I do not go along with that at all. Like you said, a band has to make money. You know, you have to live. You're not going to just keep putting out the same album, album, album every year or every other year or whatever. You know, you have to, you know, I play music too. So you have to, and you play music, you have to evolve. You know, you can't always do the same shit over and over again. You got to get new fans. You're not going to get new fans playing the same shit. Because if... I think the other thing that plays into it too is it, somebody told me this once, and I I was obviously too out of my mind to remember who it was. But I remember I remember they told me you have your entire life to write your first album. Right. You have six months to write the second. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like at a certain point. Number one, the turnaround time becomes a lot higher. And once you start getting a little bit of success, like, what do you want me to be pissed off about? This is why so many bands end up going political, because at least you can still get mad about freaking politics. But it's like, when I write that first album, my life freaking sucks, and I'm living in the gutter, and my old lady cheated on me, and, you know, I'm I'm 22, and fuck the world, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you get into, like, you know, the fifth or sixth album, and it's like... I'm now 35 and I've been settled down with my wife for 10 years and I live in a $3 million house, you know, but let me go pretend like I'm still, you know, this angsty teenager. Like at a certain point you just have to grow. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I, are you into machine head, the band machine head? Um, I'm, I'm very hit and hit and miss with them. Yeah. They're kind of that way. They actually, they never look for some reason. Um, I can't, his name is escaping my head right now. Um, the vocalist, uh, I can't think of his name. He he's still has anger in him. So every every Machine Head album, he, they still have anger in them. They they really never changed. I mean, the last album was a little bit lighter than the usual stuff, but he's they still kept that anger for some reason. Maybe he just hates everything in you know in general. <laughs> but What's like with Metallica's sad case, life, you know yeah, exactly. But you know with Metallica's case, you know they're what in the, almost in their sixties now. Like you can't expect yeah. them. You can't expect them to write the same shit that they wrote back in, you know, Kill 'Em All and, you know, Justice for All. Yeah. Even no, even when they play that stuff now, you even when you watch them play that stuff, you kind of see that it's a little awkward them doing that the older stuff. 
I, I feel that way anyway. Yeah, but it also gets to the point, like, when I, I listen to bands play music, like, I'm a huge Kiss fan, right? Yeah. And if I listen to Kiss go back and play something, like, off of Destroyer, that mm-hmm. they have literally been playing for 40 freaking years, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't have that same feel right. to it anymore. Because it's like, how many times do you think freaking Paul Stanley has played Detroit Rock City? Yeah, yep. Like, if you yeah. never heard that song again, it would probably be far, far too soon. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't matter. <laughs> and it doesn't help that when, when that band, like, got all back together and they put the makeup all back on and stuff, they were like, okay, cool, we're killing half of our catalog. Yeah. I know. I love uh, The Elder for some weird reason, and they will never play anything off of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Kiss fan, and I don't even like The Elder. Really? Well, go back and listen to it. I do like a lot of their 80s stuff that, like, people, like, just completely shit on, though. Like, I, I really enjoyed Look It Up. I, like, Crazy Nights was freaking fantastic. Crazy Nights is awesome, yeah. And, and they never play that anymore. I've seen them yeah. nine freaking times. I've never heard them play Crazy Nights. No. Nope, not at all, which I don't, I don't get. Uh, back to Halloween. How far did you go in Halloween's ca- uh, catalog? I, I go probably, like, mid to late 90s. Like when we started having this conversation and I was like going through and looking at, you know, some of the lineup changes and stuff, I didn't even realize that these guys have put out so many albums just like since the year 2000. And I went back and I listened to some of the stuff and it's, it's crazy because it's like, as soon as you put it on, it's like, holy crap. Like these guys are stuck in a time machine that's like (laughs) 1986. And, and somehow they still, and it's not even just the material that they're playing. It's that sound. Like, it still sounds like it was recorded in 1986. And I I don't know how in the world they they have accomplished that. If they're working with the same engineer and production team that they've used forever or what, because they have that sound just completely dialed in. Yeah. Now they got new uh, producers back in like 2000-ish, I think. And they've been working with him for a long time. And and I I really don't like them working with him i like the old guy that did all the other albums like tommy hansen he produced all the older stuff keepers uh one two and jericho and basically all their albums up till i think probably 2000 or something he was the best producer for him he got, he got the best sound out of them he got the the better songs i i think but now there's been so many well not a lot of new people coming in and out of the band but there's been um you know they got a new guitar player that's been in the band since crap i don't even remember Probably like 2003, maybe. And then they got a new drummer. And then they had a problem with a drummer for a while, too. But, uh, yeah, they've changed a lot, though. They, they've gotten more progressive. Because they used to be more straightforward power metal. Now they're more progressive, I feel. It's interesting because I feel like when you look at their entire discography, and like if you were just going to put together a Halloween uh, Greatest Hits record, mm-hmm. right? And, and you were going to go through... How many songs from the different eras of the different, I guess, shakeups inside of the band? Because when it comes to the band members, I mean, there, there's almost as many past band members as there are members of the band. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it's interesting to look at all the different lineup changes. And it's like, yet every record, when you put it on, it's just like, yep, that's Halloween. Yeah, it still has that sound, and I don't know how they do it with all those lineup changes, but, you know, they still got two of the original members in the band, so, you know. That and that absolutely helps. Yeah. yeah. And and now they got Michael Kiske back and Kai Hansen's back. I don't know if you, you know about that 
or no? No, I did not. You did not know? I did oh not God. know. What are you doing, man? <laughs> well, what are you, trying... are you working on, like, four or five different podcasts? Come on. It's, it's like all I have time to do is watch wrestling now, Wayne. That's all I can do. Stop. Please stop watching the wrestling. you got to stop. It's, it's a problem. I can't stop. <laughs> I have to watch the content so I can put out the content to make <laughs> well, more gonna, content. You're going to be fired from at least one of those podcasts, so. Yeah, I know. Clock's no, ticking. I hope, I'm, I just hope watching, not. I'm, okay. I'm just watching the time go by. <laughs> Got about two hours and 15 minutes. I'm so sorry. But uh, what the hell was I even saying? Um, They're talking about band oh. members. No, no, no. Yeah, but they got back together. I think they got back together probably two years ago now. And then they did a whole tour called the Pumpkins United Tour. And they released a new song. I have it somewhere in here. Uh, well, and they've got a new this. record getting ready to drop, like, within a month or so, right? Well, that's just a live album. Uh, oh, it's the, just a live record yeah, for, for from Pumpkins United. Yeah, yeah. But definitely give that a listen because uh, uh, it was a very good tour. They played a lot of uh, old stuff, you know. And uh, I, I went and saw them on tour, I think, was it last year? And um, some, once once uh, once in a while they traded, like, vocals for some songs. And then some songs they would have Kiski sing and then uh, Andy would sing some songs and stuff like that. And Kai Hansen sang again. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, check out the new song. I mean, it's okay. I, I don't kind of don't like the chorus on that song, but um, it's definitely Halloween. And it actually sounds more like older Halloween than the newer Halloween-ish stuff sounds. You'd probably really like it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. called Pumpkins United. Pumpkins United. Yeah. Write that down. No, write, write, write now. Write it down. Right. Hurry up. Should <laughs> <laughs> I call my bullshit bullshit? <laughs> yeah, so the live album comes out in like a month or two, like you said. And then next year, they have a, a new album coming out. It should be out around September-ish or so, from what I got from Marcus Groskopf the other day. Okay, come on. If you're going to, if you're, the name of the band is Halloween, yeah. and you're going to drop an album in September, yeah. why don't you just push it back like three weeks? They've done that, though, with uh, releasing albums for Halloween. I think that's kind of corny. I don't know, man. I, it's too predictable. I'm a Kiss fan. You want to talk about freaking corny, all right? That's true. I'm a Kiss fan, too. That thing back there is Kiss, Kiss uh, thing. It lights up, actually. I should have plugged it in for you. I didn't know you were a Kiss fan. you got to live the gimmick, right? I should I love gimmick. Kiss. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, definitely go check that out. It's cool. So, um, you, so you haven't seen them live at all, then? No, I have not. Mm-hmm. No. I'm in Iowa, dude. Like, that's right. They probably don't even bother going there. I mean, with the exception of shit spot, nobody comes here. Well, <laughs> yeah, and Seven Dust. Seven Dust, like, might as well just freaking move to Iowa. They're here like every <laughs> six months. It's probably the only place they have fans. Oh, that, I that's that. entirely possible. And most of us stopped being fans, like you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, I never became a fan. I don't like them. Oh come on, man! Those first two albums are freaking amazing. No, a guy from work keeps telling me that, but I, I said no. <laughs> first two. The first two. That's all you need. All right, maybe I'll check it out one day. <laughs> no, I won't. We're swaying him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Seven Dust Faithful Unite. No, not at all. So, what else do you want to talk about with Halloween? Anything else? Oh, I, I don't know, man. It's your show. What do well, you want to talk about? Well, what did you not like about Halloween? Well, like, 
I can only take a vocal like that for so long. Kai Hansen's vocals. Yes. Or, I, or do you have a problem with everybody's vocals? Is do, What do you think about Andy's vocals? Because he's very similar to Kai Hansen. Yes, very similar. Um, I think I would definitely take Andy over Kai, but I'm trying to think if that's because of the vocal or if that's because of the songs. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's hard too to to kind of pick because Kai only did one album with them. I mean, if you know, you probably don't. Do you know Gamma Ray? Yes. Okay. Yep. So he's Kai sings in you know some of those albums too. So you can kind of get his vocal style, I guess, a little bit better. You know, get to know it a little bit better. How has his vocal style progressed over the years? Like, do you, <laughs> do you still think that it's like? Degressed. That's kind of where I was, what I was trying to be like, you know, how do I say this nicely, you know? No, but he knows that because that's why he left Halloween. He wanted to focus more on uh, guitar playing than he did singing because I guess he was losing his voice. I mean, look at the shit that he does on Walls of Jericho, you know, that, that intro to uh, Ride the Sky, you know? Right. And think about doing that like almost every night on tour, you know? So he, he killed his voice. Yeah. yeah. He still does it now. He still has it a little bit. He didn't really lose it totally. But, you know, he, like I said, he, he digressed, but, and he knows it. You know, he's older, too, so, you know, everybody loses their voice. The only person that did not lose their voice is Michael Kiske. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Do you, do you like him? Do you like him the best out of the three? Um, boy, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, just, just as far as, um... Um, a trained singer goes like, right, yeah. and I, and I think that's, that's part of the thing too, is when you listen to Kai and his vocals, he wasn't trained. He had no idea what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing with his voice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and actually, but, actually when they first started out, they started out as a punk uh, sort of band too. So and that's I one of the imagine. things that I absolutely love about him because I love freaking punk rock. And when you listen to that early stuff, a lot of it as far as, well, and I guess you could say this kind of about thrash in general, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, it's, it's punk rock with different vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. I think so too. Cause I know you're more, you're more into punk stuff. So, you Give know, the Michael Iggy and the Stooges, man. <laughs> so I can see like the Michael Kiske voice uh, vocals kind of being, you know, different, like, really different for you because you're not used to that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's more like Iron Maiden. Are you into Maiden too? Not at all. What? I, for some dude, and it, it's one of those weird bad. Like I don't like Tool either. Like it's just uh, one. Of those, I can see that. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no, no, but it, it's like people hear this about me, and they, knowing my musical background, and they're like, "Really?" And I just I could never get into Maiden for one reason or another. Oh my god! Maybe just I don't have you. What have you heard? Well. I, I think I've heard everything about as loud as you possibly can go when it comes to the brother-in-law and riding around in his vehicle, um, mm-hmm. because he absolutely loves Iron Maiden. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. It's just Gosh. they're one of those bands that just never connected with me for one reason or another. Wow. Well, you proved me wrong because yesterday I was doing like this little interview thing for this website, and um, I was talking about how most people in rock and that listen to rock and metal all have the same thing in in. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Same thing. Um, uh, crap. God damn it. I hate when I get a brain fart. <laughs> like, like, 
everybody, you, you like always the think same that, foundation. No, you always think that you know if you listen to rock and listen to metal, you're gonna listen to Maiden. There's like no way somebody that's not into rock and metal is not gonna listen to Maiden. Now you just proved me wrong. Well, I, I think part of it <laughs> depends on where you come up throughout the ledger, right? And Iowa is this weird melting pot when it comes to music because being right in the middle of the country, we get a little bit of everything. So there's like a very, very strong hip hop influence and there's a very, very strong hard rock influence. And then when you bring all of that together, you end up with the Des Moines music scene in the late nineties and early two thousands, which at one point they were calling the Seattle of hardcore and then Slipknot got signed and basically shit all over everybody which is why we call them shit spot. But <laughs> in doing so, like I came up like punky, right? right? And I love that whole punk rock movement. Well, you know, when you turn like 19 and you're ready to start a band, I didn't know anybody who listened to fucking punk rock. So I end up finding myself in a metal band. And so that was kind of how I got into metal in general was because I came up through punk and it was like, Oh, there's, there's nobody who plays punk. Okay, well, I guess I can go play punk drums in this metal band and nobody's going to notice. Right. Yeah, hey, that works. I mean, that's how, like we said, Halloween kind of started that, that way. They started out as a punk band and then they added the double bass in there and then, you know, became its own thing. Is that really the difference for you? Like, is that the difference yeah. between, like, thrash metal and punk rock? It's just a double kick pedal? Yep. Basically. Yeah, because when where, do you ever hear a punk band doing double bass? Um, only if it's if, if it's like tongue in cheek. Like Travis Barker uses a double kick pedal for mm. no apparent freaking reason, <laughs> just to have it. <laughs> yeah, you know, th there's a lot of those ridiculous punk drummers like uh, Josh Freeze, who plays yeah. with uh, the Vandals as well as Nine Inch Nails. I mean, you want to talk about two very very different drumming styles, but it's just like, yeah. I can I can blast beat for twenty seconds if I want to in the middle of a punk song. <laughs> they should, you know, bring something different to punk, you know. Well, and it's one of those things where when when you look at musical history, and I this really applies to the metal scene, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the guitar solos and stuff, right? Yeah. It's it's like the rock and roll slash metal scene used to reinvent itself every like 10 to 15 years. And it was like, you know, when, when you listen to Hendrix and people were like, Oh my God, this is so heavy. And you listen to the who, and it's like, Oh my God, this is so heavy. Well, you listen to it now. And it's like, come on, my grandpa likes the who, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, go. then Zeppelin came along and pretty much perfected whatever was going on. And then, like, hair metal happened. And it was, like, this whole new, like, reiteration of rock and roll. And then Metallica happened. And right. then Nirvana happened. Right. And then Korn happened. And since Korn, nothing has changed. Nothing. It's, it's, all the music sounds exactly the same since Korn. Like, what's the next evolution? Well, there's that Mallcore stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That, that kind of... That's different. Yeah, it's it's not it's necessarily something. good. It's something. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what it is, but it's something. Yeah, I never got that at all. And and then do they have like is there like a synth metal band? I mean, a lot of a lot of bands now, especially like the uh, power metal bands. I don't know if you know like Sabaton. Ever hear them? Mm -mm. They're they're very popular now. 
they do a lot of songs about war and stuff, but they they had a lot of like um synthesizers and stuff in their songs. Kind of like um a little bit like the 80s kind of pop stuff, but it's more it's it's metal. I mean, I don't know. Well, and we're seeing a lot of that especially internationally. I think it's just music in the states sucks. Yeah, nobody has any ideas what to do here anymore. Well, that and it's also so controlled by the corporate mainstream that now we're we're really starting to see a push of the underground again. Yeah. But it's it's weird because the underground is working through iTunes. It's like just with all this accessibility oh, that yeah. nothing is truly underground anymore. Nothing's underground long enough to become cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But in a way, that's good because, you know, uh, you get your band out there more, you know, not like back in the day you had to circulate tapes and hope hope that somebody gets a tape, you know. It's it funny. It's, it's so much like the pro wrestling business in that respect. Oh, yeah. Like how? Uh, the tape trading thing. Like it, uh-huh. th- there was like a whole network. Like if back in the territory days, if, if you were in Texas and you wanted to watch something from New York, oh, you yeah, had to yeah. tape trade with people, you know, before like right. syndicated television. Music is kind of the same way. It's like since the internet happened, really since Napster happened, and everybody had access to everything, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't see these bands that are struggling in garages anymore to, like, you know, perfect their sound. Instead, they're together for three weeks, and they set up their iPhone, and they record a freaking album, and then they put it up on iTunes. <laughs> Wait, what was that easy? You make it sound easy. It really is, man. I can run GarageBand <laughs> on my iPhone. I know. Isn't that insane? You know? And it's like, I remember when when uh, we would go into the studio, and and it's like, you know, oh, yeah, it's going to cost us, like, you know, 250 bucks to go in here and record, like, three songs. And it's like, now, all you need is a goddamn <laughs> iPhone. I know. Yeah, I know. That's, that's all my shit's here. I got my microphones and everything in my garage. Oops, did I say that? Living the dream, man. Garage bands. <laughs> garage bands. That's, that's what's the, missing in this world is garage bands. That's the way bands. it's supposed to be. Yep. That's where good music comes from. Yeah. Well, and more importantly, you got to sit in your garage and suck for at least a year before you I start guess. finding anything good. Exactly. At least a year. At least a year. At least. Got to fire a couple members, you know. If you get a girl in the band, maybe date them for a week or two and kick them out yeah and then you end up getting her knocked up and then you end up getting married to her and the band goes to hell and wow wait when did i start telling the story of my was, first marriage i was just gonna say is this a true life story yeah, of Jargo? yeah. <laughs> first marriage you betcha wow yeah hey man the sex drugs and rock and roll you notice on the list the rock and roll is third <laughs> that's true i never got involved with the drugs or the sex part. <laughs> Did enough of both for both of us. <laughs> Good, thank you. Just looking oh, out boy. for you, man. Just looking out for you. And you didn't even know me back then. You were looking out. Good. I'm glad. Thanks. I, I've been looking out for a lot of people for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was part one of Michael Jargo and I. Next week we will have part two. Um, there was something I wanted to ask you. Oh, no, I didn't want to ask you. I wanted to thank a new subscriber to our YouTube. Did you know we have some new subscribers, Greg? No. Well, we do. Six days ago, Norbert Kariquez. 
I'm, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I'm sorry. But it's K E R E K E S. Caricus. Caricus? Close enough. Thank you, Sounds Norm. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate the subscribe. And please, if you're watching this, subscribe to our YouTube. Subscribe to our iTunes because this is also on a podcast and you don't have to look at our faces. You can listen to us while you're working or doing any other kind of activity you want to listen to us while you're doing. Right? Yes, perhaps at the gym. You know. Perhaps at the gym. Preparing dinner. Preparing dinner for your lovely wife or your significant other or feeding the cat or cleaning the house or Or shaking rubies into that girl drink down at the bar. That's right. (laughs) When she's drunk, tell her you were sent by us. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Right sound review sent me. Here's a roofie. The rat made me do it. Yeah, exactly. Tell him that. All right. We're out of here. Anything else before we leave? Not that I can think of. Great. Yeah, it is. I did get some uh, albums. Next time we do this, I'll have to bring the albums that I got. I've been to a lot of yard sales lately, and I got some good stuff, I think. Yeah, you did. From did. Uh, the pictures I've seen. Yeah. Next week, remind me to bring them down. I'll show them. I will. Put them up on eBay. <laughs> All right. Adios, everybody. See ya next week. Bye. Well, oh, that was cute. That was hot. Turn me on. Cool. I try. <laughs>